Welcome to the Open Fire Podcast, a light-hearted and informative show looking at fire safety. We are your hosts, Tom and Dave. You're listening to our 10-part mini-series, Tom and Dave Talk About Fire Doors. If you're listening to this, you've found us somehow, but don't forget, we're also available on iTunes, YouTube, and at our ancestral home, openfirepodcast.com. Hello, Tom. Hello, David. How are you? How's your December Christmas shopping going? Uh, it's going really well. I've got lots of assorted socks ready for varying people in my family. Have you? I have. Mince pies are, are happening, and we've got a Christmas party this week. Is there anything you've asked for for Christmas? Um, I Just mainly scotch. <laughs> right, okay. So where's your Christmas party? Well, you're going too. Yeah, I'm waiting for an invite, an official invite, so you can't retract it. Well, we're going to Gerda's Christmas party. Superb. It's okay. always a good bash. It will be. I'm sure it'll probably be a free bar as well, won't it? It is going to be free. Apparently, you and me get whatever we want to drink. Do we? Are we going to be the, the special guests? Well, I sincerely hope so. <laughs> Superb. I'm looking forward to that then, Tom. Um, have we got anyone in the studio? Or is it just us two drinking again? So, guests this week, special guests, we've got Zoe Bond from Gerda. Dun, 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 I am actually the official Bond girl. That's how you always have to introduce me when I go into a room. Very happy that, with that. That'd be really Very good. happy with we that. We are pleased. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Thanks, guys. And we've got resident independent fire door specialist, Danny White, who's turning into a bit of a permanent fixture. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we've got Danny back in again. It always gives us an entertaining story. Um, always um, gives us a nice informative view from an impartial position. We're like his best sort of people because can you imagine going to a Christmas party with the? Well, you don't have to imagine. I'm sure he's going to go to it anyway. But go to a Christmas party with Danny and he, all his anecdotes are about doors. Have you just invited Danny to the Gerda Christmas party as well? <laughs> Danny, <laughs> Why not? you were all absolutely invited to the Christmas party. It's always good fun, but I'm hoping that's not the only reason I'm here today. Okay, so what's this episode about, David? Okay, so we're going to look at residence fire doors. Um, today. So, residents' front entrance doors specifically, what should people in dwellings know? What should they check? What should they not do? And what are they responsible for? So, that's the general plan that we're going to try and um, look at. Obviously, as we know, we tend to go off on tangents now and again. But we're specifically talking really about purpose built blocks of flats, aren't we, really? I think so, yeah. So, um, Danny, start with you. How, how much do you think occupants know about their own flat entrance doors? Is, is there a, a general understanding there? Or, or is there more of an understanding in the last couple of sort of 18 months or so? Or I think that a lot of the time they don't really understand what some of the component parts are for. Um, and this goes back to one of our favourite subjects, door closers. Yeah. A lot of people see the door closer as being really inconvenient and they try and take them off. And that's sort of one of the fundamental features of our fire doors. And yet, because they don't know that, they take it off and it sort of negates the final. I mean, sometimes it's done in good faith, though, isn't it? You know, someone goes around to look after their elderly mother and she can't get out or because the, the door closes too tight or something. So oh, they disconnect it, yeah. don't they? And I think this also comes down to sort of the, the surveying side, but also dealing with the OT departments because, you know, especially when you're dealing with sheltered accommodation, if somebody's 90 and they struggle with a non-fire rated door, they really, really struggle with fire rated doors. So I think that's where there needs to be more of a holistic approach to get, you know, the, the door closer experts in and to have a look, look at solutions for the, you know, the frail, elderly or disabled. So other than sort of softening the closer, are there other ways of closing a fire door for 
sheltered housing and residential care homes and things like that? Yeah, I mean, if you've got like a fire alarm system in there already, you can get door closers linked to that, but sometimes people don't want to have their front door open, left door open all the time. And you can get sort of the, the better type of door closers, which are recessed into the head of the doors. I prefer those ones personally, as opposed to the ones that go into the side, because they just seem to be able to carry the weight a lot more, yeah. which means you can control the opening and closing forces. So, um, Zoe, uh, Zoe Bond from Gerda, how do you feel about, you know, the sort of occupant knowledge? How much do you feel your occupants know in your experience about their flange and stores? Uh, do they know what they should even know? In all honesty, I don't think they do, not not in my opinion anyway. And certainly what Danny's just said about the door closers is, is a real common thing. We often see them disengaged. And I think it's a real lack of an understanding of what happens if they are to do that. So they do it with, with best intentions. They're trying to speed up their day-to-day -day life and how they're conducting things. And actually what they're not really understanding is that they are fundamentally could compromise the overall safety of themselves and others within the block. And I do feel that's just a, a lack of understanding. They're not necessarily made aware of the importance or function of the flat entrance doors. And really further information should be made available to them in order for them to understand what the product is designed for and what it should actually achieve. So what are the most common, I mean, obviously as a fire door manufacturer, but you come across that these building archetypes are absolutely your um, sort of bread and butter to a certain extent. So what are the sort of the most common issues and faults that mm -hmm. you guys sort of uh, come across and are finding sort of prevalent? One of the most common issues that we find is actually in the communal areas and it often comes down to badly fitted fire doors. So you come along and you see a piece of carpet tacked into the actual between the door leaf and the frame and you wonder why that is. And it's purely to do with the fact that the doors aren't functioning correctly so they're banging in the middle of the night. So the resident comes outside, puts the carpet on the door to stop it banging closed and that obviously then it's compromising the, the effect of the actual door set and how it will function. Um, we see that literally day to day other things, door closers being broken off, so sulfur scrap metal, and that really comes down to you um, who's responsible for that building to go through and make sure that you're actually managing um, those issues correctly and, and taking note of them and taking the, the responsible action to um, counteract it. I think that's a very good point Zoe's made there about the opening and closing and the banging because it goes back to this debate we've been having on previous episodes about globally assessed doors and also the other building regulations you need to adhere to. So by not adhering to the acoustic regulations, then you're going to get these issues where if you have a door set which is set for fire, for smoke and acoustics, it overcomes these problems. So you're actually impacting day-to-day -day functionality of the fire door kind of without even knowing it yeah. by failing acoustic parts. Mm -hmm. But is there a relevance to double-sided um, door testing for residents? I think there there is, in, in all honesty. I think at the moment the marketplace really needs assured performance from both sides. So protection from both if the fire starts in the common area moving into the flat and obviously conversely vice versa. And you're really looking at a minimum of 30 minutes there. And note that I do say minimum. We should not see 30 as the goal um, and the end result. We should seek to overachieve to provide more confidence to our residents and the marketplace as a whole. And I think this reassurance is understandable given the failings within the composite door market at the moment to listeners that don't really understand what the double-sided door issue is obviously there's been a lot of talk in the press about where flat entrance doors in particular have failed when tested from the non-flat side so obviously a flat entrance door's got a front face and a rear face rear face faces the flat and the front face faces the common area and and obviously when buildings are designed there is an assumption 
whether you agree with it or not, that the fire will start inside the flat itself. And obviously that sort of turned into the 476 test, hasn't it, where it sort of talks about the actual sides that you do test. I mean, how does the 476 test sort of impact this situation? Because the doors that we've seen out in the market, I mean, obviously we now saying, well, they weren't fit for purpose. But did they actually fail a test that they should have done and everyone was a bit sneaky about it? Or did they pass the actual test that they said they passed? I think what they would have done is they would have passed a test from the most onerous side. And that's what, what's been fundamentally used by test houses throughout the past 10, 15 years. So essentially, you um, test the door from the most onerous side, which is usually opening into the furnace. And then after that basis, um, it's then assumed that opening outward would then have the same um, or a improved performance. So therefore, you only need to test from one side. And I think really, it's been more about the interpretation from the test houses and how they undertake those tests compared to um, actually what um, the British standards say, because it is quite clear they're saying that they should be tested from both sides. So it's actually an interpretation issue. Absolutely, which is a fundamental problem across all of building regulations, I think. And well, I yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. the European standard is quite specific. It needs to be tested both sides. Absolutely, and that's because the European standard is obviously more recent. But at the end of the day, there'll be a lot of doors out there that passed the 476 test that was tested mm-hmm. in a testing house that's interpreted the regulation incorrectly. No. No? You presume they've been tested. Oh, okay, fine. (laughs) This is where we go back to our primary test and global, and it's a primary example of why you really Mm -hmm. need the proper test evidence. Yeah, because you'll see clearly what side the door was tested on. Yeah, or if any door side was tested at all, if they're using a global assessment. But we'll probably come on to that later, I'm sure. (laughs) Sorry, might be jumping ahead. Can we stop the podcast there, Tom? Do do you know what? During this mini-series, you've done this every episode, and each episode I'm required to ask you why on earth you're stopping the podcast. Because it's important that we remind our listeners that this series of Dave and Tom Talk About Fire Doors is officially sponsored by the creators of the MyQtag app. Well, that sounds interesting. What is the MyQtag app? MyQtag app provides a user-friendly cloud-based system for contractors that carry out installation and maintenance services at multiple sites, Tom. That sounds great. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> can it deliver improved efficiency and provide real-time reporting to your customers, David? Certainly bloody can, Tom. MyQtag can store documents, be they FRAs, maintenance or records or compliance certificates, against the specific building. Well, you may tell by my face, David, that I am stunned. You look stunned. Your hair's so, falling out. it probably enables Fidor installers to report installation and take photographs to prove it. No, no, it doesn't do that. Yes, it does. Plus a QR code and NFC tag can be provided for each area of works. Well, I'm not sure I know what a QR tag or an NFC tag is, or a QR code even. So if I want to know more information, I guess I should email sales at myqtag.co.uk for further information, right? Darn right, Tom. Shall we carry on with our podcast in our usual independent, informative and lightly humorous manner? We shall indeed. Okay, back to the questions. I reckon the sound man's going to get fed up with that advert. I'm fed up with that advert. <laughs> I've only heard it once and I'm sick of it. <laughs> The people that make it, though, they must be all right. I think they'll be very pleased with us. Just on the side note, why on earth would they give you any money for a podcast? Because you're just rubbish at it. (laughs) Obviously, because we're amazing. Training. Indeed. I'm assuming there's a podcast here, Dave, is there, that we're getting back to at some point in time? There is. Which page are we on? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to ask Zoe, really, what are the most common issues or faults that you see with flat entrance doors, in particular ones that have been installed, like your product, when they're installed, what's the most common thing that installers get wrong with your 
with your door sets? The most common thing I would say is actually, it, it sounds like I'm obsessed with door closers. I'm really not, but they're um, they're just not adjusted correctly. So and that's why people then take them off and disengage them. There, there are clear settings you can have on surface mounted cam action door closers that make it a lot easier to open and close and they need to be adjusted accordingly. And that is actually one of the most common errors that we see. Yeah. Um, we're actually quite robust with our installation systems anyway. We only use third party accredited organisations. We ensure that that they've undertaken all the correct um, testing and also they follow our manufacturer's guidelines instructions, which are very prescriptive. So we don't perhaps see as many issues as others, but that really is a common one and it's something which is so simple to yeah. to overcome. They often put on, they're just too tight and then they close too too quickly behind the yeah, residence. They're, they're worried about the fact it's going to close more than yeah. it's appropriate for the occupants. I mean, in this particular situation, we're talking about residential portfolio owners like councils or housing associations, things like that. Do you think there just needs to be a little bit more engagement with residents to mm. kind of, you know, for them to be able to report what is not necessarily a fundamental fault, but something like, you know, my door closes a bit too much, I'm a little bit frail and I need a little bit of mm. help with that, you know, to engage that way? Yeah, absolutely. I think there also needs to be more um, at the outset. So when you're looking to put the new door set in, you should really be engaging with the residents there and understanding that they may have particular ailments, they might need some particular assistance, even to go in so far as a standard door closer isn't going to work for these individuals. You should be looking at assisted openers or just some of the other door closers that are on the market. So yes, resident engagement really is key. I think some of the main contracts I'm dealing with at the moment, they've started doing resident profiles yeah. to capture this information. So they'll go around and they'll assess it. And if they've got any issues, they'll refer it through to occupational therapy, then go back to the door manufacturer just to ensure that the door manufacturer can try and come up with a solution for it. Right. I think it's about time to wrap it up. But there's one more important bit we need to do, Tom. It's the fire safety, non-fire safety quiz. <laughs> I thought and, you were going to do a rap, actually. I'm disappointed. Uh, no, Tom's saving a rap for next week. Absolutely. We've <laughs> got um, we've got Danny's poem after this section. Oh, yes, Danny's poem. I forgot about that. So for those who are listening who don't know, the um, fire safety quiz that isn't the fire safety quiz is um, at the beginning of the podcast series. Dave's homework is a little bit too lengthy for these little short, snappy... I do a lot of biting. research for my homework. Sorry. He does. Okay. Um, he actually got, a P- believe it or not, he got a PhD for the cheese melting I did, thing. I did. An honor- I still don't one. know the answer to that yet because you haven't released it yet, I don't believe. Well, we have, but you just don't listen. Oh, have I not listened to it? You're Sorry. Not, you need to I subscribe to us on iTunes. Oh, okay. That you do, or YouTube. Mm. It's on I, I, iTunes more because that, that's better. That costs us more. Which <laughs> is why we need a better sponsor. It does. Steve Jobs is still making money. <laughs> by the time we talk about this, Dave, you might as well have just done some bloody homework <laughs> because by right, the time you so... finish waffling, let's do the quiz. So, Zoe, you've got 60 seconds. Oh, my goodness. Um, and you'll get a. Um, I feel like I'm on mastermind. Go you, on. It's pretty, pretty near, pretty near. <laughs> okay. You tell me when you're ready and I will start the timer. Are you actually doing this? Go is on that then. then. Okay, Go. you've got to be quick with your answers because you oh will run goodness. out of time very quickly. Are you ready? No. Okay. Didn't sign up for this. In Silverwood, Michigan, it's illegal to kill what using your hands? I've no idea. A bear to impress a girl. In Alaska, <laughs> oh it's God. legal to shoot bears, but illegal to do what? I've no idea. What, what are these questions all Wake about? Wake one up for a... Would you like a fire question? Wake one up for <laughs> no. a photo was the answer to that. I'll give you a fire question. I don't want any questions. <laughs> In St. Louis, Missouri, it's illegal for a fireman to rescue who? A cat. Trump. Undressed women. <laughs> In Quitman, Georgia, it's illegal for a chicken to do what? Cross the road. It is! Yes! <laughs> And just got time for last question. In Papua New Guinea, what is the leading cause of death? 
falling out of trees. Nice. Can How will I ever that? expect you to get any of those right? But you, you got did. one right. I you just got get one, one right. Wow, that's an obvious one. So, <laughs> but you're level pegging with me. <laughs> Superb. Superb. And me. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to have a go later in the series, maybe January. And yeah, we'll see you should. How I, get on. I reckon by the time, bear in mind you've written all the questions, <laughs> I reckon you need to uh, have at least, what, five point deduction at the beginning? Absolutely. I think you have way too much time on your hands to research things like that as well. He does. Um, it's certainly not work time. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening to Tom and Dave on the Amplify podcast. Don't forget to uh, like and subscribe our podcast on iTunes and YouTube and to make sure you don't miss the next instalment. Have a look at our previous instalments. You might find something extravagantly interesting. If you'd like to uh, contact us or comment on anything you've heard today's podcast or if you'd like to be involved in future episodes or indeed contact us via our guests, please go to theopenfivepodcast.com where you'll find contact details and email addresses. Thank you very much, David, for your time. Let's go and get ready for the Gerda party. Yeah. Yes, let's do that. David's actually wearing a sparkly bow tie. Lovely. To go with your sparkly dress. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Okay, cue the music. I mean, don't say thank you to Zoe. Just, just <laughs> do a stupid is. noise. We'll see Zoe next week. <laughs> <laughs>